Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, afternoon, evening, and wherever you are in the world and whenever you are tuning in to this video. My name is James Porcelli. And I'm Brian Thomas. And welcome to episode number 34 of Ruthless Talk. So once again, just for today, we're putting WWE and WrestleMania on the back burner for now because today it is time to talk some AEW and some AEW dynamites from last night so again brian you know we just we spoke about this before we got on the air you know we talked about how just for the past few weeks how lackluster aew has been and just like everything from top to bottom just been absolutely just you know like you say a lot is garbage yeah Um, but you know but at least brian there was a just a little bit and i mean when i say a little bit (laughs) i mean by this much just a teensy bit of of storytelling that little tick up yeah just one exactly yeah just like a little centimeter of 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 effort from tony khan and trying to get some effort of a storyline in um in in this show and it happened actually during the the start and also the end of the show last night yeah. so that was your yep. one positive outside of that brian there was not a whole much to really talk about at all but we're still going to talk about it and we're going to probably shit all over it like we've been <laughs> kind of it's kind of been a trend as of late over the past number of weeks but unfortunately hey, it has been man but you know again it, you know it's it's uh deservedly so Exactly. You're absolutely right. So we're going to go ahead and talk all about that um, in this episode. But before we get into that, I do want to speak briefly about um, NXT. You know, obviously, of course, over the last few weeks, I've been mentioning about NXT. And uh, of course, they have Stand and Deliver. That's going to be at WrestleMania weekend. I believe it's going to be the same night um, as, uh, um, uh, what is it? WrestleMania for night one. Um, oh, really? I figured same... it would have been on Friday night, but really, yeah, okay. Say, so it's night one, on okay. a separate day, like a Friday night, but no, it's yeah. going to be that afternoon, ah, uh, just a okay. few hours before night one uh, airs of WrestleMania. Okay. Um, so, and yeah, for the past few weeks, I've mentioned that there's a lot of good stuff going on with NXT. However, with Toxic Attraction, you know, right now, JC Jane has some type of an injury right now. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't read too much about the injury, Brian, but I know that she is injured. And the I'm sure the plan was to have them, her and Gigi Dolan, you know, members of Toxic Attraction, to be a part of a rematch. I guess it was going to maybe a last woman standing, maybe match or something along those lines. But now Gigi Dolan is now a part of, I guess, some type of a ladder match because Roxanne Perez, who was involved in a like an ambulance type of uh, scene where she fainted, she passed out, and she was rushed to the hospital. And there's also reports, and Brian, we talked about this as well, that she also could be dealing with a separate injury. This is mainly why she has been taken off of television right. uh, in this in this way, storytelling-wise, because she also is dealing with something else going on. Not saying that's confirmed or anything, just again, you know, and again, guys, I don't have sources. I wish I did, but I don't. <laughs> But right. you know, I just go off of you know what I see in reports and sources, and you know from 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 Twitter and other you know journalists. I say you know I use journalism and journalists very very loosely. loosely. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> very very loosely, um, and just take it with a grain of salt. So that's just yeah. what I'm hearing. It wouldn't shock me if that's the case, but I honestly think it's just to um, at least for you know if I had to. To think about it, I think it's kind of just playing off the story to say, like, hey, I mean, you know, 
because realistically, if you faint and you get rushed to a hospital in, in a in an ambulance, you know, you're probably not going to be seen for quite some time. So <laughs> yeah, you should probably take some time off. You probably should take some time off. And then even <laughs> yeah. and that includes stand and deliver, which is going to be yeah. uh next week. So so definitely, yeah. So N- NXT, you know, we they started they were doing very well, and now of course, <clears throat> of course, with a little bit of blunders with Roxanne Perez and JC Jane, but yet there is one storyline right now. Uh, that's still really kicking, kicking things into high gear, and that is with Johnny Gargano and Grayson Waller. You know, last week there was the home invasion of Grayson Waller and the whole uh, the whole little uh, segment that they had last week, which was very entertaining, by the way. Which is why mm-hmm. Grayson Waller was a part of my honorable mentions because I thought, you know, of course in that segment and that, and of course as of the past few weeks, he's done tremendously well. Yeah, um, yeah, and yes. Johnny Gargano, and it's crazy, Brian. Like. The difference to when Shawnee Gargano is in NXT versus <laughs> to when he's on, on, on Monday Night Raw, it's like two completely different people. Yeah. It, it's insane. And that's what I mean about booking, how booking somebody can just do wonders if you do it properly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And when we talked about it, Brian, about how, you know, if you're going to involve Johnny Gargano onto Monday Night Raw, then you you might as well add in this storyline because you know obviously there's no long term plan for him to be at WrestleMania. His WrestleMania is going to be at Stand and Deliver. Yeah. So you might as well try to tell the story. It's going to get eyeballs to NXT and it's going to help Grayson Waller and the you know fans are going to want to know, especially casual fans from a cat from from their point of view are going to wonder, dang, who's this Grayson Waller dude? I got to check NXT out now. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, so that unsanctioned match. So yes, that is the match <clears throat> for Stand and Deliver as Gargano. He cut a really good promo as he usually always does, especially in the NXT limelight. Um, goes out there, he he challenges Grayson Waller to an unsanctioned match. Um, Grayson Waller, he showed up on the Tron. He says, "Listen, I'll sign that contract, but I don't want you anywhere near the building next week." He's like, "I'll sign it next week, but I don't want you in the arena. I don't want you near the any of the facility of NXT." Right. Um, Johnny Gargano's like, "Listen, if that's what's going to take you to sign this." and and get this match done then fine and i think he hands it to uh i forget who the commentator's name is i think his name is uh Vic, i believe from nxt and booker t and then i forget what the other dude's name is but he hands him that contract he's like hey it's like give this to grayson waller and like let's get this done um so i so again very i mean pretty simple pretty yet effective segment and honestly brian outside of that i mean even the nxt title you had freaking braun breaker and Carmelo Hayes playing the same game that Bianca and Asuka did. The Can They Coexist game in a fucking tag team match against, right. I think, Pretty Deadly, I believe, is the tag team name. <laughs> so, out so, so, yeah, so right now Gargano and Waller are pretty much keeping NXT afloat. But yet again, you know, they are doing a tremendous job and they deserve their praise. And that's why I wanted to kind of bring this up into this episode. But Brian, I did send you the video. I haven't, I don't know if you had time to see it yet, but the promo that, that I just mentioned that Johnny Gargano cut your thoughts about um, this, this storyline, you know, like what are your thoughts about it? And uh, the, the intrigue level, I should say going into stand and deliver, at least for your standpoint, the floor is yours. Yeah. Unfortunately I haven't gotten, gotten a chance to watch a video and I still got to watch NXT, which I'll, I'll probably do later on today. But um, yeah, overall, I mean, unfortunate, you know, the injuries to to JC Jane and you know possibly Roxanne Perez, um, you know, that's that's part of the game though. Um, uh, yeah, the the story with Waller and um and Gargano, 
Yeah, man. I, like like we said with the with the Raw review, like just just keep Gargano over at NXT right now and just like he doesn't need to be on Raw. Like that just again, yeah, he just go he's going over to Raw Raw to basically job out to people, you know. And, and then Loomis is out there just doing nothing. Like have Loomis and Gargano over at NXT involved in the storyline. And yeah, I'm invested, you know, invested in it. Um, I think that's, it's a pretty good storyline. And, uh, yeah, it, it just, if, if, if it was me, I just have them over at NXT and just focusing on that storyline solely, uh, and not having them on Raw at all. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I'm looking forward to that match and, and, you know, the next, you know, we'll, we'll get one more episode of, uh, NXT beforehand. Um, which I guess he said, don't show up to the building, but you know, it, <laughs> he's going to be there, of course. So, mm-hmm. you know, well, there'll be one more, you know, little interesting segment between the two before stand and deliver. So yeah, looking forward to it, man. Yeah. And who knows, this also could be the ticket for Grayson Waller to uh, debut on the main roster. Yeah. After WrestleMania, yeah, which sure. is a possibility because I mean, <clears throat> um, and we'll see how he, how he gets booked moving forward after that, because again, I also take uh, WWE's booking, especially in regards to NXT talent with a grain of salt, because yeah. yes, even though Grayson Waller right now, because I'll be honest with you, Brian, ever since I first, when I first came across Grayson Waller, I'm like, okay, this dude is, she's just going to be just another one of those wrestlers. That's kind of, kind of fade away into mm-hmm. the distance. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just going to be one of those NXT talents, but that's not the case for Grayson. He's really ever since he's turned into this new persona, I guess, into this, into a heel, I should, I, I should say he's really come into his own and he's gotten better by the day and by the week. Um, yeah. And hopefully that moment, that same momentum continues into, uh, um, into the main roster whenever he does debut. But again, I don't trust this company more than I can throw them, especially <laughs> the fact that I know that Vince McMahon is still running shit back there. Even though it's Triple H's company, we always say this shit every day, every single week. But yeah. if Vince McMahon is still involving and making decisions and he's somewhat, you know, in the vicinity of the company, I don't trust it at all. So, but we'll see yeah, how it I- goes. There's no doubt it's going to be a tremendous. Tremendous unsanctioned match. I mean, Gargano and Waller, they're going to tear the house down. Like I said, this is pretty much Gargano's WrestleMania freaking moment, unfortunately. Um, but you know what? It's Honestly, I'd rather see Gargano in this type of limelight than just sitting back and catering, not doing a damn Yeah, thing. I'd rather him see him like on the best or one of the best stories in NXT, you know, a main event story in NXT than just jobbing out on Raw, you know? And, exactly. You know. Exactly. So, and yeah, yeah, as far as the the booking goes, because I, I think you know another one. I think Broad Breaker is probably going to be called up, you know, pretty soon. I, I expect mm-hmm. Carmelo Hayes could pro- will probably take away that title. Maybe exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. So again, and we've spoken about this before. It'll be interesting to see what they do when you know. Yeah, I think Waller will be up on the main roster. Broad Breaker probably pretty soon here. I you know even maybe the the Raw after Mania. Who knows. But uh, yeah, we've spoken at length of what they do with those those uh, call ups. So you know, we'll see. That's right. That's right. So so all of that about NXT, <laughs> and we'll we'll keep you guys posted about Stand and Deliver as we get closer and closer to that event. Like I said, it's going to be the same night or this or the afternoon, I should say, just a few hours before WrestleMania Night One goes on the air. So we'll definitely try to uh, keep people in the loop um, with that event. Also, a lot of talks about Goldberg. 
and uh, oh, really? and something about the free oh. agent and the rumors about him oh. potentially going to AEW. You know, so we'll, we'll we'll talk more about that as 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 uh, as sources and, and 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 articles continue to be uh, continue to be released out in in regards to that situation about Goldberg <clears> and AEW <throat> being a free agent and all that stuff. So, but we'll I, talk more I, about I say, that. Yeah, go go ahead, Goldberg. Like I I can't I, I can't <laughs> think of a a worse pairing of just the, the general perception or, or what we think and kind of know of Goldberg, his personality, yeah. like going over to specifically to the AEW locker room where that's just going to be a, cl- like it, that's a train wreck, train wreck waiting, waiting to fucking happen. And <laughs> go ahead, man, go ahead. Yeah, 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 fans have been in it. Uh, as soon as I read that, Brian fans have just been at an uproar. I mean, especially, I mean, of course you, I'm sure, you know, AEW niche audience they they want nothing and I mean nothing <laughs> to do with this fucking guy um, right, so, right. so as soon as that has been heating up you know AEW fans they're they're worried they're like oh please no please no Goldberg no Goldberg please but yeah so <laughs> haven't again haven't read too much about that but that is right. a thing that you know he is officially a free agent um I guess he had some sort of a contract I guess yeah there was a contract I think with WWE at least sure. in the past few months about that he can wrestle a certain amount of matches um for how many years or whatever but that contract i believe is up and he chooses wherever he he wants to go and i guess AEW um you know supposedly could be one of those places where he ends up but we will see um how that takes place and, and see right. he goes from there as uh, we'll, we'll continue to keep you guys posted on that subject. So with that being said, let's just get straight into AEW dynamite. So this was uh March 22nd, 2023 live in independence, Missouri. Our number one starts off backstage. Both Matt and Nick Jackson of the young bucks are being put into an ambulance as there was some sort of an assault and attack from backstage before the show goes off the air. Um, Nick Jackson was uh, his ambulance was getting sent away. Both Omega and Paige are kind of just pacing back. They're worrying as heck. They don't know what's going on. They don't know what happened. Um, They're both, you know, they both came on the scene as soon as the show came on the air. So they're frantic. They don't know what's going on. Don Callis is in the, is in the scene as well. Uh, Matt Jackson's ambulance is about to is about to head out as as uh you know Matt Jackson's he's on the stretcher he's about to get loaded into the ambulance and then uh Page at Hangman Adam Page he's hesitant whether he wants to get into the ambulance or not and then at the very last second as that ambulance is driving off he gets into the back of that ambulance uh and he and he rides with uh with Matt Jackson um as that ambulance drives off and that's how we start off the show how about that brian there's uh, right, actually, right. Actually, um, a, a dynamite that doesn't start off with a match no way like are we am i watching what i think i'm watching <laughs> here like i was expecting to see or i mean we saw orange cassidy the very next minute that's no shock because we got to start right. with with orange juice right with freaking orange cassidy with this freaking backpack just another day at junior high you know what i'm, you know what I'm saying but yeah i mean t- tony I, I mean, w- was that so fucking hard <laughs> to do? I know, right? Just start off a segment in your show that gets people in- in- invested. Like, oh my god, like the Bucks are getting sent into ambulance into an ambulance. Like, what's going on? Like, people are going, you know, Omega and and Hangman Page are they're pacing, they're worrying, they don't know what's going on. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's simple, but yet it, it's again, it's something. Right, it's right. Actually, it's, something. It's I mean, a story. Every single week, Brian, we come on. We come onto this podcast. We come on. We face this camera, and for weeks, we just we we already know what's going to happen. Orange Cassidy's going to start off the show, whether defending the the All Atlantic <laughs> or International Championship, whatever the fuck they want to call that title. He has a match. Then maybe MJF, and they have a promo with MJF or whatever superstar cuts a promo in the ring, and it's just the same formulaic bullshit. Every yep. week, and it's just like, and, and we've said this before, you know. And I've had to, we've had to apologize to the audience because, like, it feels like we're 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 reviewing the same show every single week. But now, now there's something different. I'm like, okay, thank you, Tony Khan. At least slightly has gotten his head slightly out of his ass and is starting <laughs> to actually maybe somewhat get it. You know, he's starting to think like, oh. You know, he's looking over at what the bloodline is doing and maybe WWE is <laughs> yeah. doing because I'm sure he, you know, you know, I'm sure he's he's definitely tuning in because of oh, course, no doubt they, Ariel yeah. Hawani and, 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 and being on WWE television means so much to him as well because um, he had to call him out on Twitter or whatever the fuck. But yeah. So again, Tony, again, thank you. That That's all we ask for, Tony, is just to put just to make. Just do something different and just to put in effort and give a shit enough with a match and then a promo, a match and a promo. We mm -hmm. see that way too many, way, way too much. So, yeah, I, I mean, we'll see where it goes. I'm interested to see where it is. Like, cause again, Brian, it's something I, I'm, I'm taking the bare minimum here. Yeah. And, right. And this is, and this is, and this is the, uh, and, and this is it. So. But yeah, uh, Brian, your thoughts on this uh, this backstage segment to, uh, to open up the show? So yeah, as, as much as we've shit on them, like I said, deservedly so uh, in the past few months. Um, yeah, kudos to to Tony Khan and Creative for at least starting the show with some some sort of uh, you know just something different. Number one and number two, something you know that is a is a start of a storyline and as we'll I feel like see we should just give them a sticker like, a, like those, those, <laughs> right. those, you know get those stickers that you get at freaking school yeah, like good doing job. a good job you got a like, good, good day. job buddy you actually did something that doesn't <laughs> confuse the fuck out of us and something that's not redundantly boring yay good job here's your sticker like yeah. oh my god but yeah continue <laughs> and so and, and we'll see this this uh this storyline revisited here you know at, at towards the end of the show um, so yeah, you know, uh, like you said, so, you know, we'll see where it goes. I have my ideas where I think, think it's setting up. Um, but, uh, yeah, at least it, it's, it's a storyline, um, with, with, you know, your, some of your main stars there in the company. So, uh, again, um, what, what's the, the phrase I use? I I'm skeptical, skeptically Skeptic optimistic, yeah. skeptically optimistic. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. so Yeah. Good start to the show. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll take that because it's better than what we have been getting from AEW. So for sure, nice. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Again, yeah. Hey, Tony. Again, we'll we'll, we'll give you a little golf clap. There, there yep. it is, right there. Now, uh, the rest of the show. Well, that's a different story. So <laughs> let's get straight into it. And that is our first match of the night. That is Orange Cassidy. You're all. Or uh, not your All Atlantic, but your international champion, your <laughs> AEW international champion, Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen, and Sting uh, versus Kip Sabian, Butcher, and the Blade 
in the good old six-man tag. Because what's a sh- what's an AEW show, Brian, without a good old six-man tag? Yeah, right. You know, know. It, yeah. it's just it has to happen. Again, it's <laughs> like a Clorox wipe. 99% of the time when you watch an AEW show, you're going to get a six-man tag. It's just bound to happen. Yeah. Um. So match time was 13 and a half minutes. Just, again, another typical AEW tag match. Do I really need to explain it? I mean, Butcher and the Blade are in there for over 20 seconds. I actually, Brian, I went back and watched this match, and I actually timed the amount of time that both Top Flight, or not Top Flight, well, Top Flight was actually in this match, and we're going to get into them. Or another match, Um, yeah. How long Butcher and the Blade were in this were in the ring at the same sure. time near the end, and it was legit yep. over ten seconds. Again, guys, again, I, I, I'm not the smartest dude in the world, but I know in in regards to wrestling and the rules in professional wrestling 101, when you tag somebody in, it you, you gotta get back onto the ring apron as you're now the non legal competitor to get back onto the ring apron in five seconds, right? Right. That, that's what I've been told growing up watching a fan. But, you know, but nowadays, because again, I go back to fans and their attention spans are so fucking short, then, you know, companies like AEW are going to just get away with it and no one's going to say anything. But guess what? Not on this platform because (laughs) we see that shit clear as day. Um, So again, like I said, another typical AEW freaking match. It's just that shit just pisses me off. It, It just it does nothing but expose not just AEW, but professional wrestling as a whole. And what it stands for. I just, I just don't, I just don't dig it. Yes. I was like, oh, but I got to get my spot in. I got to dive over the top rope. I got to freaking take this Canadian destroyer or this reverse hurricane Rana. Like, fucking break. (laughs) Right. Um, right. And and I will say this, though, it was good to see Sting. Uh, It's been a while since we've seen Sting. I mean, icon, he's a freaking legend. So it was good to see Sting in his presence. I said the same thing about Roman. You know, when Sting does enter, enter an arena the, the 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 atmosphere definitely changes like dude like oh my god it's freaking sting it's sting a freaking tony shivani on the shivani, on commentary yeah. right I, actually that's yeah i love that shit but um yeah so so sting tags into the into the match he's doing orange casty shin kicks <laughs> like kind of just doing like a walmart version of that just doing the shin <laughs> right. kicks whatever the fuck um, and yes, yeah, Sting wins this match for his team via the Scorpion Death Drop to uh, Kip Sabian. As again, this match time was 13 and a half minutes. Brian, I'll have you start uh, your thoughts on this six-man tag. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have, you know, it, it was an okay match. You know, I, I don't know how I feel about Sting. Like, you know, I, I think, and I think he's even mentioned that I, I think this year is he'll retire after this year maybe. So, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, harp too much on about it, but like, I don't know how I feel about Sting doing Orin Cassidy's shtick there, where, cause like another spot he did where like he was, uh, I think Kip was getting ready to like come off the top rope with something. And he mm-hmm. kind of did just did the slow roll like to the other side of the ring, like Cassidy does. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Nod to Cassidy and whatever. It's things last year. What, what hasn't he done in this business? So, Whatever he can do, whatever the fuck he wants, but eh, does it work for Sting's character? Like in the, you know, eh, okay, whatever. Um, yeah, and then the match. So yeah, this is legit now. Like a month straight, at least a month. Like four four weeks going back, where Orange Cassidy has kicked off the show. Um, 
and this has been the first time it hasn't been a title defense. Like, I don't it, know if that's in, just it's insane. Like, again, again, or, or Matt listen, kicks good, off the show, but the Orange first match, Cassidy, yeah, I mean, listen, good for Orange Cassidy, right? Like, he's, sure, sure. He's some like I, I listen. People say he's over. I mean, I tend to, I, I tend to debate that. But again, I mean, but the, I mean, he has his fans, and listen, good for him. But like. Every fucking week, this guy starts off the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every fucking week, and it's and listen, it's like guys, like out of everybody, again, no shade to Orange Cassidy, but out of everybody on this freaking roster, because of how imploded this roster is, with just so sure. much freaking talent, y- you, you have Orange Cassidy starting off the show. I mean, guys, like every week, real. like yeah, in the words it up, of Jade man. Cardgill, let's cut the shit. Like, uh, honest to God, <laughs> right. like, and and like, and you know, and this is the thing about AEW, you know, he's gonna come out. It's just like you sit back and you're just like, oh, where's Orange Cassidy's music? Oh, there it is. Here we go. Here comes yeah. the six man tag, the international title match, whatever the fuck, right? So yeah, again, again, no shade to Orange Cassidy fans who are listening, but guys, like, you got to admit, like, this is just becoming him coming out every single week. To start mm-hmm. the show, it's really just getting redundant at this point. Yeah, yeah, and that, and that, I feel the same way about it. So, yeah, not much more to say about the match. It, it was a typical AEW six man tag schmas fest at times. Everything you know, in between. <laughs> why, why butcher, why butcher and the blade aren't in a tag team division? Like going and you know they're in a tag team division, a, but the, yet they're in a six man tag because that's yeah. that's probably the only way you'll see butcher and the blade is right. in a, is in a right. multi six man eight man fuck it a hundred man freaking match right yeah um so yeah he, here's a, also my problem as well because this needs to be brought up Darby Allen was a part of the four pillar segment from the bar mitzvah last for, from last right. week's show. Right. And right. and that's pretty much, I guess what it's leading to of him, Sammy Guevara, jungle boy and MJF being in a fatal four way match. Now I actually don't mind that idea because again, there's substance to it. There's the four pillars and the history of the four pillars, even though I know a lot of casual fans probably don't even know that even exists, <laughs> but right. still, um, you know, there, there's a, there's a history of it. You know, they're the, they're the pillars of, of AEW again, a fatal four-way match. Oh, I, I mean, but still, if yeah, you're going to do a fatal same. four-way match in that type of, with that type of perspective, then okay. Then I can see where people are coming from in, in ways to do it. But why is Darby Allen a part of this six man tag that has nothing Brian, and I mean nothing to do with MJF and the world title situation. What the fuck is the point of this freaking match? What is this leading to? What did this do for Orange Cassidy? What did this do for Sting? What is this doing for Kip Sabian, Butcher, and the Blade? Because they called them out during one of their house shows? Oh, great. Like, we we know what the hell is going on over there. Like, I, I, I just, what the fuck? Yep. Can we get something for Butcher in the play? Can we build a tag division in, in, in this freaking company? Can can you make Butcher and Blade feel relevant? Can you put them back with the bunny and make them feel special like they actually kind of felt somewhat special when they first came to AEW? Yep. Is that so fucking hard? Why are they always being put in a in a six man, eight man, ten man, or how many people you want to throw in there? A battle royals, like just put them in a tag feud, man. Like, what the fuck are we? You have all this talent, you can't figure out a way to find to find a feud for these for these fucking two people. 
Right. I find that I extremely know. hard to believe. I guess not. It's just, and then Darby Allen's in the six-man tag for what? For what? He's about to he's about to be in the world title picture. What did this do to get me intrigued about Darby Allen? Like, oh man, I can't wait for Darby Allen to go after that world title now. Yeah, Who the fuck is saying that shit. <laughs> oh my god, man! Just again, I again, it's again, guys. I don't want, I don't like to bring this stuff up, but again, I have to. So, like you said, Brian, just another good old six man tag. Yeah, uh, for AEW <clears throat> in the books. Just you know, and and you're gonna see more to come. For, for weeks on end. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> the second match, uh, this was a title match. Yes, guys. A, a, an AEW tag. That wasn't, guys, I don't think this was even hardly heavily even promoted. That this is this is your AEW tag titles. Your AEW mm-hmm. tag title. I didn't even know there was even a tag title match until uh, uh, until I was watching it last night. You would think like weeks on end, you're going to get this big title match. No, just, just throw it in the, in the middle of your dynamite. Cause yeah. you know, cause that's, cause that's the tag division or the tag title picture in a nutshell, just a fucking joke. Um, the gun club is, uh, they face good old top flight, um, uh, for these. Yeah. So, so top flight is just somewhat deserving because they won a bunch of matches on dark and elevation, they, their last victory yeah. on, on Dynamite, I believe, was actually I, I actually I did my research was back. You have to go back to December of 2022 when they defeated, I believe it was Mox and Claudio. Um, and yeah, that was a match. Or I'm sorry, they defeated last, Mox and Claudio. That was, that was their last match that they had. Okay, on Dynamite. Excuse me, their last match, their tag team match wise. Ever since then, guys, they have been in six man tags. They've been in tags. An uh, elevation. All of the rest of their tag matches have been an elevation and dark. Gotcha. Their matches on Dynamite, freaking battle royals, six man tags. Um, I don't remember the last time they won an actual tag match on freaking Dynamite. But I mean, who the fuck cares? I guess because they're winning on dark and elevation. That's all that freaking matters, I guess, because no one fucking watches it anyway. So, but who cares? Right. Um, match time was seven and a half minutes. Guys, both members of Top Flight were in the ring at the same time for legit over 20 seconds. I legit timed this. I went back, Brian, and timed this. This was legit. They were in the ring together. The referee's not doing shit. They were in there for legit 20 seconds because they had to jump over the top rope. The fans yeah. got to ooh and ah, and they have to, you know, they had to, you know, they have to, you know, just freaking lose their freaking shit and lose their gore because they're doing a bunch of flips and si- and and they have to get their spots in. It's just like enough. I'm just so sick. And I hate that I'm repeating myself guys, but it's just like this, this shit has to stop. It, it has to freaking stop. Um, Again, you, you can't just can't make this shit up, but yeah. Um, but, and, and same with the guns, same with the guns after commercial, there was, there was a point in the match where they tag in and out. They're both, they're doing a bunch of tag team moves and they're in there guys for over 20 seconds. Like again, but yet pe- they're getting away with it because that's just how AEW fans and professional wrestling fans are today. The, the intention span is so fucking short. It's unbelievable um, because nobody's calling it out. Um, so, I mean, listen, the match was what it was. I mean, I don't understand how anybody can get invested in a title match that hasn't never, that was never even promoted or hardly even been promoted um just and why is top flight getting a, t- a tag title match makes no sense to me at all um so matt tavern and michael bennett of the kingdom i believe that's the name of the team 
they get involved in this match. They're they're beating up. I believe it was uh, one of the members of Top Flight. I want to say it was Darius Martin on the outside, while Aubrey Edwards is distracted because for some odd reason, Aubrey Edwards is that distracted with Colton Gunn, where she has her back turned for legit over five ten seconds. Again, guys, I I just like I, listen. I acknowledge that she was distracted, but what is she so heavily distracted by? <laughs> Again, guys, fucking a. Um, the Gun Club win this match via the uh, I guess some uh, one of their attempts of a shatter machine um, in, in, in a double team move as they win this match. Um, and then post match though, FTR hits the ring. Their music hits as they enter the ring. Um, you know, De- Cash Wheeler says, "Listen, you know, we're not here to fight. We're here to talk some business." The Gun Club calls FTR a bunch of losers and says, "There is nothing that you can say." For you guys to get another title shot again. And that's when Dax Hardwood comes onto the microphone and says, if we can't beat you and win those tag titles, we will quit AEW. That yeah, guys, again, we will quit AEW if we can't beat you guys and win those tag titles. That is words from Dax Hardwood. Austin and Colton Gunn accept. And of course, they spit. And of course, before they leave the ring, they spit straight in the face of FTR yeah. before hightailing it as quicker than freaking, uh, as Logan Paul would say, quicker than the Rams moved out of freaking St. Louis <laughs> um, as they hightailed it up the rampway, um, leaving FTR um, standing tall in the ring. Um, and yeah, that is your that is your segment, Brian. I'll have you start your thoughts on uh, your thoughts on this this title match, <laughs> this tag title match, and uh, and the post match with FTR. Uh- I could give two shits about the match. I, I'm not even going to comment about it. It was what it was. The whole, it's not the whole worth thing it. here I don't was blame the... you. It's not worth it because, guys, again, like, yeah. the, and that's the and that's the shame. It's a tag title. The tag, the even the tag the title, title match. match yeah. The prestige of the word title match is a fucking joke now. That that yeah. that's where we're, that's where we're at. Not just in AW, but this freaking professional wrestling as a whole. But yeah, continue, Brian. Yeah. So the whole the whole thing was about FDR coming out there for me and. uh Man, I, I don't know because they they still you know haven't really they they said they've made a decision about where they're going, but they haven't announced that. And I, I tend to I'm tending to lean towards the towards the route of they have signed back with AEW, um, and are getting ready to start this feud with with the guns or, or not even a feud like especially after spit in the face like dude these boys are gonna get their ass kicked. But then again, on the other hand, it wouldn't be the first time that, you know, somebody leaving one company and going to another is asked to do jobs or, or maybe even like embarrassed on the way out. You know, it, uh, you know, I, I don't think that's that's how it's going, but it's still a possibility out there. So, yeah, with the with this little promo back and forth with uh, the guns and, and FTR, um it was okay. It was an okay promo, uh, but definitely, if if FTR has resigned with AEW, not that I'm necessarily looking forward to this match in particular, but I'm looking forward to yeah, FTR is definitely winning that match. The belts are back on them, and again, let's start a fucking tag division here again, guys. Like you know. So hopefully they go that route, but we'll see. <laughs> Again, I, I don't trust anything because it, no. it that that's the thing with the <laughs> giving you no reason like, to Brian. Tony Khan has not given you a reason to to believe to believe in them. With, with at least AEW very, as a whole. 
Yeah, with very few exceptions, this is like a literally a week to week show where it's so much shit is just random and there's no story behind it. So who the fuck knows? Yeah, and, and so in the absolute, it's it's. I'm glad that you brought that up, at least in the situation in regards to to FTR um, and their possibilities, because I know there were rumors about FTR potentially leaving AEW. Um, but I, it's and it's funny you mentioned that, Brian, because you know obviously it seems like to me that FTR are going to win these tag titles. Yeah, um, I, I feel pretty certain about that because I, I highly doubt that FTR would make an agreement to come back. Uh, to AEW, win for this. the titles, and then leave. Well, they're still technically under contract until, or I'll no, say, yeah, did I, it, I don't, until I don't, like I, April or something. Like that's when it yeah, officially ran out. So right, so maybe they do this match, and you know, maybe they haven't agreed to a contract. Maybe this is a way for them to, um, just to do this match, just to get the Gun Club over, and they win this match, and then they yeah. they're officially out of their contracts, and they go to, over to WWE. Because the reason why I do bring this up, guys, is because Dax Hardwood on his podcast. By the way, shout out to Dax Hardwood. His podcast is actually doing a tremendous job. So much praise to him. And he's mentioned before, as well as both members of FTR, him and Cash Wheeler, have stated that there's been a lot of a lot of heat in the in the AEW locker room as of late, especially after what happened with CM Punk. And the media scrum as of late, the 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 the, the yeah. locker room has very been divided as of late because you know FTR they spoke heavily about Punk and how they were they're they've been behind CM Punk in regards to this situation. Like, listen, you know we've Punk has always had our backs. We've always had a good relationship with Punk, and that did not sit well with a lot of members from the AEW locker room. So they they've admitted that listen, there's a there's a lot of friction, there's a lot of heat in the locker room. Yeah. So maybe that FTR just. You know, because they always always mention about family, right? You know, I think that I really true believe that they they stand by that. So even though AEW is the place that they want to be, um, and it seems like that Tony Khan, in regards to their booking and with AEW of getting back those tag titles and actually becoming a relevant freaking tag uh, team again, because again they're mm-hmm. one of the best tag teams in this freaking planet. Um, but again, you know, I, I but I still find it hard to believe that they would just be brought back just to just to go back, just to leave AEW again in less than a month. Just seems right. weird to me. Right. But at the same time, you hear those comments from Dax Harwood and you would think, you know, why would they want to be around a, a, a hostility divided type of environment? You know, because like I, I said, they're going to do, they're, they're do what's best for their, for, for their families and, and, and for their reputations. So, and if that is leaving AEW for good, then I could see them doing that as well, but who knows? Yeah. I'm sure we'll we'll know more. But um, Definitely but if I did have out. to bet on it, if I did have to bet on it, Brian, I would say that I think um, FTR is there to stay, um, and they're going to win those tag titles, and they're going to become the face of that tag division as they should. But yeah. uh, before we go into this next segment, your your thoughts about that? Yeah, just final thoughts. Definitely shout out to Dax Hardwood because that's one of the main reasons why they're still. He's doing, again, with this podcast and and everything, he's doing a very good job of blurring the lines of reality and kayfabe, right? Because part of this is is in truth with, like, you know, his feelings about punk and how that could cause friction and just how he's been used or they've been used at AEW and even over at WWE before beforehand when they were the revival. Um, so I, I think he's been pretty honest about his feelings, you know, with all of that 
Um, and so, yeah, that's what's making it so interesting. And you don't quite know. Like, if I was to bet on it, yeah, I think they're at AEW and they're going to win the titles at double or nothing. Um, but he's he's they're they're doing a really good job of of playing it close to the best, man. They they really are. So shout out to them. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Dax Harwood. Uh, yeah, he continues to do tremendous work with his podcast. So shout out to him. All right, next segment, uh, Jade Cargill, your TBS champion, talks Taya Valkyrie. So if you guys are unfamiliar with that uh, I, uh, that name, I don't blame you. Uh, she was Frankie Monet from NXT months ago. I'm sure that kind of name brings a bell from over in WWE. She made her, um, I guess her say her debut um, at, at AEW from last week's show as she came face-to-face right. face with Jade Cargill. Um, I guess now she's going to be the next opponent for Jade Cardgill's TBS championship. So she called out uh, Taya Valkyrie and she, and Mark Sterling, I guess Mark Sterling and Jade Cardgill are still a pair. That pair is kind of odd to me. I we hardly <laughs> see them together. I thought that they were done with each other. Now they're back yeah. they're associates again. So I, I don't know. So Mark Sterling presents a cease and desist order that Valkyrie is no longer allowed to use the jaded finisher. I believe she used the jaded finisher onto Leslie Gray. Who's one of the, uh, the the baddies of uh of of Jade of Jade Cardgill, um I believe it was last week on Rampage or whatever yeah and you know and Le- Le- that's when Layla Gray I I'm I hope I'm not botching her name by the way but or Leslie Gray Leslie Leslie Gray like again guys this is how irrelevant this fucking girl is and and this entire situation is so if I'm botching your name sweetheart I apologize um she gets on the mic or she gets on the microphone or she starts to say. She'll deliver this to her. That's cease and desist. She takes away from Mark Sterling. I will deliver this to her on Rampage. And that just sets up a match against her and Valkyrie on Rampage. So, um, yeah. And that was your segment. Who the fuck cares? Uh, again, yeah. Straight up. Who the fu- I, I, I hate that I'm saying that about a Jade Cardgill um, segment. Because I actually like Jade Cardgill a lot. And I love seeing her improvement and how big of a star that she is is turning into in holding the tbs championship for so long but yes she has been placed in the most irrelevant type of segments and situations you can you can imagine and Mm -hmm. taya valkyrie as well she's been she's now this is going to be her third appearance on aw television and two of those appearances are now going to be on rampage a show guys that nobody fucking watches why is rampage still why does it still fucking exist (laughs) like the numbers are so goddamn low i don't understand how they're not off the network brian it it really is baffling yeah i don't know So nobody even remembers that this girl is even part of AEW television because she's on a show nobody fucking watches i I mean but but yet again it's just just it's just a shame dude it's just again i i said i said this at the top of the segment who the fuck cares that's no shade but again even i'm sure AEW diehard fans can even agree with me um because like in regards of how this this segment is booked and how this already this feud (laughs) again i use that term loosely feud is being booked Mm -hmm. who the fuck cares yeah make me fucking care like if this is the way you're building a, a fuck a, a damn feud with Jade Cardgill and Taya Valkyrie, then God help you. Um, <laughs> good Lord have mercy. Brian, your thoughts if you have any on this segment. Yeah, so I mean, unfortunately, I don't know too much about Valkyrie. Um, you know, I would say, at least by 
AEW standards, you know, her debut was last week was was meant to be like, you know, a, a somewhat big, you know, shock or or not a shock, but uh, you know, um whatever, a credible challenger to Jade. And and really by, by doing that, like I mean just as a fan out, you know, looking at it from the outside, I would imagine their intention behind that is that this is Valkyrie is going to be the one to beat Cargill. Because otherwise, why would you make a big deal about her, you know, debuting there? But again, like you said, the booking of it, it may it, like who cares? Like, um, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like I said, I, I think their intention right now is that Valkyrie is going to be the one. And I do. I guess do we get that at double or nothing? I guess. Um, which I, I don't know how long. When, when is double or nothing? I believe it's you know, May. Um, May okay, so there's still some. Yes, yeah, so we gotcha. still got like at least a month and a half, maybe. Less yeah. Than a month okay. Till, till that event. So. So yeah, I mean, I guess they got they got time to build that story, but again, we you know I'm always going to go back to. If this is how to, you're doing it, then fuck me, man. <laughs> then yeah, I'm just going to go back to like you. They have not proven that they're they're capable or even maybe even willing to do long term storytelling. So. We'll see, man. Uh, but yeah, right now, not, not much interest in it. No. Like I said, they, they they don't give us any reason to have any interest in this. But yeah, sh- again, shout out to Jade Cardgill because again, I do want to sure. acknowledge her, her, her improvement because, man, she is turning. I mean, she looks like a star. She acts like mm-hmm. a star. It's just a shame that the segment that she's been placed into is just, is just irrelevant. And just again, guys, who yeah. cares? You know? Anyway, moving on to our next match. This was Hook versus Stokely Hathaway in a no Again, DQ Who match. cares? <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? Brian's not even letting me finish uh, with the match, and he's already saying, who cares? That's Again, that's how irrelevant yeah. this is. But, yeah. um, but look, I'm going to go over the match anyway, because, I mean, I, and I'm going to make this short, because this match was only less than four minutes. But, um. Hathaway says he makes he makes a breaking news uh, announcement after Hook makes his entrance. He says that he is not medically he's not medically cleared because uh, he has a doctor's note. <laughs> he has a doctor's note, and he he says he's also retired from in ring competition. And he hands that doctor's note to Justin Roberts. He says, "Listen, make it official. Like this match is not happening. Make it official." <laughs> and Justin Roberts says, "Like uh, with all due respect." Uh, Mr. Hathaway, this is a receipt from Wingstop. And it just said, you could see like the receipt says, I'm sick. <laughs> I actually thought that was kind of funny. Um, so yeah, and the ref just, and then right away, the ref rings the bell and uh, and Stokely just hightails it. Like he just get, he's like, he just, he, he like he probably was going to plan on running straight out of the city of Independence, Missouri, or out of the state of Missouri in general. Uh, but Hook catches up to him and he brings him back to ringside. Uh, Stokely used a fire extinguisher into the face of uh, of Hook. Uh, Hook gains the upper hand. He starts wailing a steel chair onto Stokely's back. And then he delivered a suplex onto a guardrail. A guardrail was brought into the ring and he suplexed. Like the old ring. school guardrails, yeah. Like an old school guardrail, yeah, yeah. Well, like one of those, yeah, back in the days, those old school guardrails, those heavy steel guardrails that was brought into the ring. It was near the, the turnbuckles as a... Uh, Hook suplexes Hathaway, uh, uh, Stokely Hathaway onto it. And uh, yeah, he wins, or H- Hook wins this match via a red rum submission, which is pretty much just a, a, a rear naked choke, pretty much on the ground. 
Um, and that is pretty much pretty much it. The firm was backstage because they were banned from ringside from this match as they were watching backstage. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much pretty much it. Um, Brian, I'll have you start uh, with this match. Your thoughts on this no DQ match between Stokely and uh, and Hook? Uh, just a waste of time. I mean, it went as you expected. Of course, her uh, Hook is just going to brutalize him <laughs> the entire time. Um, yeah, don't care. Uh, but, you know, back to the firm backstage, you know, at the end of the match there, um, you see Matt Hardy saying, like, talking to Paige, saying, like, yeah, you're like kind of like you're the guy that should, I guess, avenge this beat down on Stokely. So, yeah, I guess we're going to get a match between Ethan Page and Hook. Shit, probably on Rampage that, that I'm not going to fucking watch anyway. So, yeah, don't care about that either. Um, it, yeah, there's just there's just no no story here. Um, uh, yeah, Hook. Uh, I don't know. Something has to be done with him soon as far as like. I mean, he's holding a title that I even forget that even exists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. FT, like what? Like, like, here's the thing, too. FTW is pretty much dead, right? Why is he still holding on to this? Uh, yeah. Fucking title? Uh, it's, it's fucking mean. He's holding on to a like a like a participation trophy. That's what right. the fuck it is like. If FTW is done, get rid of the title. There's already enough titles in this fucking company. As it is. I know, right? Yeah, just just get rid of that. It's not it's it's not a thing anymore. I, I get it. Kind of back when they introduced it at, at the start, you know, when AEW was was just kind of forming as kind of like a because wasn't it kind of like a it was like a championship to say like you know. It was almost like a snub at the AEW championships. Like, you know, no, we're the real champs over here. Something like that. But, but at this point, it's just completely irrelevant. And yeah, just stop it. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's a mess, man. And again, here's the yeah. thing. And before we get into the second hour, I actually, again, I wouldn't mind this, Brian, if it just led to something like Hook wins the match and that's it. Like what? Well, like what? Now what he's going to fight Paige. What, yeah. what did this do for for Hook? Like, what does this make me give it about the firm? Like, yeah. I, I, I don't get it. Like, the match was funny. I there was funny. I, I thought Stokely was actually very funny in this. I, I give him credit. It was a funny <laughs> little type of match. And then Hook. I mean, he just beats the shit out of him. You know, with I mean, right. all Hook needs to do is just beat the shit out of people to be entertaining. He's done that since he started here. But the, it didn't lead to anything. Like what? What is this? What like? What they, uh, what, is he just going to continue to to mess around with the firm for the next yeah, for the next exactly. two months, going into double or nothing? Like what the fuck are we doing with Hook? Yeah, and it's just in the firm. Like can the firm feel any more fucking irrelevant in this company? <laughs> it's just you know I just don't understand. It's like you put on this good match, right? You, you put on an actual like they put on inner. <laughs> I use this also loosely entertaining matches. And it's like again, it's like it's it's like Tony Khan's head starts to smoke. He doesn't know what to do anymore. He doesn't know how to creatively put on an actual really good professional wrestling show. It, yeah. It's just really weird. So, yeah, with Hook, it's just get get rid of the title, guys. It, it's just it, it's just it's it, it's an irrelevant title that it involves a team that no longer fucking exists. Like enough yeah. men. It's just, it's just so, and, and and why, and maybe he, why he holds it because he's, he's a, 
He's the father of Taz, and Taz is, you know, the leader of FTW. I guess. I don't know, man. It's not a thing anymore. <laughs> Come on, man. Enough. So, anyway, moving on to our number two, Adam Cole, baby, hits the ring. His music hits. Um, talking about his in-ring return uh, next week for during the All Access show that's going to be after dynamite is off the air. Yeah. Again, just a, just a reality show that we just desperately freaking need. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I've spoke about that many occasions and I'm sure I'll talk about it more in the future, but different story for a different day. He says he's never felt more ready and more prepared uh, in his, in his in-ring return match. So uh, Daniel Garcia interrupts. Uh, he immediately gets a shut the F up chant. Um, you know, he talks about now he's like, listen, you know, Adam, ever since you've been gone, I've become a vet. I've pretty much become a locker room leader in AEW. Um, you know, he talks his track record. He's like, listen, Brian, you know, uh, Ricky Starks beat him. Uh, and Nikki mentioned Brody King's name. Brody King beat him. Brian Danielson beat him. Um, he's like, he's like, where's my warm welcome? He's like, I've been busting my ass and I'm one of the best damn professional rep. And he hesitates and he's like, Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. He's like, wait, I'm not a, I'm not a professional wrestler. I'm a sports entertainer. That was honestly the most, the only intriguing thing I can honestly come <laughs> up with this in this entire segment. And then he, he stops himself and he's like, best damn sports entertainer, uh, is what Daniel Garcia says. Um, and then, uh, you know, and he goes on to Adam Cole, like, like, so, you know, after hearing all that, like what makes you special? Like after, you know, with my track record, what makes you so special? And Adam Cole gets on the mic and says, you know what makes me special? When they ring the freaking bell, that's when they make me special. He said something the same along those lines in NXT. I believe that was in a promo with Karrion Cross, And I thought that was Adam Cole's one of his best lines he'd ever delivered. And yeah. he delivered this same line to, uh, to Daniel Garcia. I do love that freaking line. So shout out to Adam Cole with that. He delivered, he delivered that line with some good amplification there. Um, again, pretty similar type of type of line that he delivered in NXT, but still I freaking loved it. Um, he's like, listen, even not wrestling for nine months, I'm still Adam Cole, baby. <laughs> and then he challenges. And again, this just pretty much leads to a match with Daniel Garcia. Um, he challenges Daniel Garcia to a match for his in-ring return next week on dynamite. And the segment ends with them just heavily staring into each other's eyes. <laughs> and that is your segment. Uh, Brian, I'll have you start with this, your thoughts on Adam Cole's promo and the match for next week involving uh, him and uh, Daniel Garcia. Uh, yeah. Overall, I thought it was one of the the better parts of, of the night of the show. Um, Definitely, you know, we've we've been anticipating this Adam Cole return for, for some time now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it was a good promo. Um, I will say, did I miss something? Like, I know I didn't watch much of last week's show. I just kind of fast forward it. You know, I know, especially with like Sammy Guevara or Guevara, he's been like giving uh, Daniel Garcia like clothes or whatever, but I've never seen Daniel Garcia come out like that. Like, did he just change up yeah, his man, his man look like out, my man just came out like he just woke out of bed like he like out of a hangover or some shit he's got the sunglasses on guys what's and what's the so weird with wrestlers wearing sunglasses indoors like what the <laughs> fuck is <that>? so <laughs> it was just weird to me that like even within the jas like garcia was the one guy who was still I don't know. Like he wasn't, he wasn't totally invested in the sports entertainer. You know, he was still kind of coming out there in like a wife beater and jeans or something. 
But then this week, all of a sudden, he comes out like, yeah, with the glasses, the leather jacket, the you know. So I'm just like, huh, that that was just weird. He just kind of changed his look up like that. But um, all in all, I mean, it was an okay promo. Um, you know, the match next week, Garcia and Adam Cole. Look, I, I think it'll be a fantastic match. As you know, we get many of those in AEW. Um, unfortunately, I feel like it. Like this isn't going to be. Or maybe it will. I don't know. Maybe it'll turn into a feud, but I look at it as just they'll fight next week and then <laughs> and then there there won't be anything else between the two for six months, you know? Um right. so that that's where I go with it. But definitely excited to see Adam Cole back finally. Um and and other than you know, a storyline we'll get into here later on. I, yeah, it was a high point of the show for me. Yeah, no, I mean, no doubt a, a decent promo. Uh, yeah. at least as soon as Daniel Garcia came out, was was decent from Adam Cole's part. Here's the right, problem, right. though, that I have, Brian, with this is that. So, so I guess the feud for for Adam Cole is is he's going to be feuding with the Jericho Appreciation Society. Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, it's just again something again, Brian, just seems really off to me. Um, we're hyping up an in ring return but yet there seems to be just still no direction for this dude right um, right it's just so and you put him in with daniel garcia listen this is no shade to daniel garcia i think daniel garcia is fine it, it, i think he's a decent talent but again brian that's all he is he's just a decent he's a decent freaking talent and yet but it's just like we're putting in at, at again out of everybody everybody on this fucking roster it's Daniel Garcia that, right. that is face to face. Like you, you understand what I'm trying to say, Brian? Like, yeah, why, sure. There, there, there's like, more star power there that right. already established there's, stars like, that yeah. It makes no fucking sense. Like this dude's momentum has already been killed because he announced his return coming <laughs> right. back. And it's like, oh, never mind, guys. I'm still injured. I, I still need to wait for and then he announces in-ring return. Okay, now I'm officially back. It's just like, yeah. this dude's freaking momentum has been killed because Tony Khan doesn't know what the fuck he's doing in regards <laughs> to, to 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 return, uh, to have Adam Cole return as an active member on the roster. It's like, dude, he comes back, he leaves again, he comes back and makes a wrestling announcement. We don't see him again for another few more weeks. And now here yeah. he is back and he's going to have his match. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> it's just so odd. So yeah, for odd. sure. Just, I, I, I'll be, I'm, just, listen, I'm holding yeah, out hope, but it's just listen. Was it a decent promo? I mean, okay. Um, but again, that's all it was. Like, am I that interested to see a match between Adam Cole and? Gar I mean, oh, good. I mean, I'll watch it because yeah, it's Adam Cole's big return match. So yeah, of course, it's good to see Adam Cole. But am I? But again, let's say if he wins this match. Which he's probably going to. I mean, you can't sure, just have sure. him lose to Daniel Garcia in your first match back. It makes no yeah. freaking sense. What what's what what's the move? What what's the direction here? He's gonna be in a feud with JAS. Yeah. Is that is that where we're where we're going? Like what what's what's happening here? So I, I, I don't I don't know. Like are we oh is is Bobby Fish and freaking uh uh what what what's his uh what what's his uh, Kyle O'Reilly? Are they gonna Kyle come back and, 
and, and they're going to face the 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 JAS in a in another in a six man. Hey, tag. there's a trios that, tag. That's a, a it's a trios, trios tag. tag. They're going to form a freaking trios tag and win freaking trios titles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, God, like, is that what we're doing for Adam Cole? Seriously, <laughs> I mean, guys, like, let's get fucking real here. This is Adam Cole. Adam Cole, baby. Right? Like, right. like what? Come on. We can do better than this. Just enough, man. Like, it's just, again, guys, I, I know I might sound harsh or sound negative, but again, I, I'm not accepting. I'm not going to accept the bare minimum here. I'm just not. You know, I'm just, listen, I'm glad that we got some semblance of a story with, with Omega, Paige, um, because we haven't gotten that for what feels like freaking months. Mm-hmm. But well, when it comes to this situation in this segment, I'm sorry. It's just like you got to do better. You got to do better than just pump up an in-ring return match that has that has no direction long term for Adam Cole. And what, what what's the what's the direction with the JAS? I, I mean, come on. I, I just I, I don't know. Just it's just very odd to me. Will the match be Will the match be a banger? I'm sure I'm sure it'll be a decent match. Yeah. And, and we're gonna get to, oh then we're gonna get into bangers and dream matches in this freaking main event. So just so hold your horses there because I got a lot to say about that. But uh, moving on into the show, this was uh, backstage. Uh, Kenny Omega and Don Callis as they're uh, you know Omega's freaking you know he's freaking out because you know his his friends you know the young bucks have just been taken out and he's like listen I should be. He's yelling at Don Callis. He's like, why wouldn't you let me go? Like, I should have been with them. And Don Callis is like, yo, like, listen, like, you got a match. Like, don't worry about them. They're going to be fine. You have a match. He's like, you know, he's like, listen, maybe those kids, <laughs> calls them kids, um, leave, you know, leaving in an ambulance maybe been the best thing to happen to us, right? You know, him and him and Kenny Omega being back as a singles wrestler says the God of pro wrestling is back. He's like, listen, you want your report? The God of professional wrestling is back, kind of hyping up the match. Between him and El Hio del Vikingo. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that name right. But um, yeah, so again, I, I don't I don't mind it because again, it's 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 showing you because I, I kind of like where this is going. And Brian, I'll send this off to you in just a second here. It seems to me that Don Callis is now playing the role of trying to separate uh, yeah, the rest exactly. of the elite. Right. And Kenny Omega, because he wants Kenny Omega to be the guy again. And as mm-hmm. a singles, you know, when he was the, I mean, I thought his run as, as AEW world champion, I thought was phenomenal. And I think, you know, Don Callis, he wants to get back to that. So I like that aspect of it. I actually yeah. do. Um, I, I think it's a, I think it's a really cool, a, a really cool type of backstory there. Cause you could tell like, Oh, well, he's like, well, whatever, forget about the young bucks. You know, that was the best thing that could have happened to us instead of worrying about them as he honestly should be because he's there. He's their affiliates or whatever. I shouldn't really say affiliates cause they're the young bucks, but, um, but yeah, he's like, no, it's like, listen, you know, you're Kenny Omega. It should be about you. It should be about us. Forget about them. They're going to be fine. But yet it's Kenny Omega. That's concerned because, you know, he, you know, he's right. all about the elite, you know, he's all about, his friends, the Young Bucks, they've been friends for years. They've been on the the, the scene in pro wrestling for years together. So I like that aspect of it. I, I again, too, again, guys, it's something. It, mm-hmm. It's something. It's actually some semblance of a story. Again, story. Like there's actually a story. There's actually intrigue. Yeah. You actually want and need to see what happens. You know. So. Again, I'll I'll freaking take it. Um, I I like where this is going, especially if you want to, you know, use that 
aspect, like I just mentioned about Don Callis. Um, I like the idea. And again, there's also many different directions where it can go as well. Uh, Brian, your thoughts with this backstage segment. Yeah, again, for for as much as we've shit on them for not doing this, I'll give them give them the props for for actually doing this now. Having you know just a backstage segment and kind of in the middle of the show that is that is progressing and continuing to still tell a story that you started at the beginning, right? Um, and yeah, if you've seen any like social media stuff, like yeah, this has been going on for a couple weeks now at least with Don Callis like making references to to Kenny Omega being back as a singles wrestler and the god of wrestling and things like that. Um and so yeah, so absolutely. I, I like that it's it's a <laughs> again, like you said, it's an attempt at a story. There is something there. Um and, yeah, and so yeah, it's gonna be up to Tony Khan and and creative to to continue that. Uh but as we'll see and we'll I'll, I'll save for the the main event as we'll see this again we'll revisit this, you know, Don Callis, uh, kind of interference. Um, we'll reference that again. So all in all, yeah. Props for, for fucking telling a story throughout the show. AEW. <laughs> About fucking time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Took you freaking long enough, Tony. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, like you said, Brian, we're, we're going to get to that once we get, or get more into it. I should say, as we get into this main event, yeah. uh, later on in this, uh, in the second hour. John Moxley versus Stu Grayson is up next. Uh, match time was 10 minutes in length. The BCC and the Dark Order are are at ringside. Uh, Mox wins this match via a avalanche death driver. At least those are the quotes from uh, um, uh, what's what's the uh, shit? What's the uh, commentator's name? Um, oh, freaking yeah, uh, yeah, not I Tony Schiavone, not Taz. It's uh, um, Excalibur. 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 Excalibur yeah. Sorry. Um, Excalibur, if you're watching this, I deeply apologize. Uh, <laughs> um, so BCC walks back through the crowd after the victory, and that's that's it. Um, and since, since I'm on the subject with the B, with the BCC and Stu Grayson, um, I, I I'll mention this as well as there was a backstage segment of the BCC attacking Stu Grayson. So it's bad enough he lost the match and now he's just getting his ass whooped backstage, which is uh, kind of honestly, it's actually kind of funny. <laughs> but um, but yeah, but still, I mean, listen, I here's what I'll say first, and I'll send this off to you, Brian. Um, I like the image of the BCC as heels. They're just badass mm-hmm. heels. They just go out. They just go out into the arena or throughout the arena they're just beating the shit out of people i freaking like that just Uh you know they don't need to say much you know john moxley can do most of the freaking talking he's probably going to be the the mouthpiece out of but uh out of claudio and and yuda from the two um so i like i like that aspect of the bcc you know again guys it doesn't take a rocket scientist to make the bot to make the blackpool combat club freaking special i'm sure me brian Brian, me and you can probably come up with many different ways to, to make the blackpool combat club feel pretty freaking special sure um, like i said it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that shit out but i like the visual right they got their freaking hoods they got blackpool wrestling they're just beating the shit out of people i like that aspect why are they just continuing to mess around with the dark order um <laughs> uh, listen i understand it's just I, I mean maybe i guess they're just a stepping stone i guess as you could say but what why is john moxley going 10 Plus minutes with Stu Grayson. Like, what the fuck? 
yeah. I, it's, again, this is this was a, this is your this is a guy, Brian, who is pretty much the pretty one of the big faces of your company, mm-hmm. who was also a I want to say now is what a two time uh, world champion so. in AEW, yeah. and he can't he can't put away. He's going ten plus minutes with Stu Grayson. Guys, who yeah. are we fucking fooling here? I, I just don't understand. I understand, guys. Well, you have to make Stu Grayson look strong, James. If he's going to lose, you got guys. I understand. But not 10, 12 plus minutes in a match, bro. Like, I, I cut it down to to seven, eight minutes. Like, you can do. But 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 here's the thing, though, Brian. They got to get their spots. They got to get all the all the dives and all the flips. Because what's a AEW match without those spots and those flies and those dips you know what i'm saying it's just it's just so goddamn frustrating like i understand guys building a superstar up but you got to understand that in regards to the wrestler in regards to the situation it's just gonna it's also gonna diminish john moxley in the process like what like how is moxley taking 10 plus minutes to put away a guy like Stu grayson like what the fuck i I, just it's not believable to me at all Right, uh, Brian. Your thoughts on this this match between Mox and Stu Grayson? Yeah, I agree with you too. I, you know, I, I don't know where they're going with the Dark Order. Uh, you know, uh, again, I'll, I'll save it for the end because this isn't the last time we see the Blackpool Combat Club. Um, and I'll have some some overarching thoughts on all that because, yeah, like uh, you know, we were talking about the storytelling or the attempt. Like it's an attempt, and it could be good, but then with all the moving parts which will make more sense at the end. It could go off the rails quick. Um, I will say for this match, no, I'm going to start a streak here, right? So I think this is now two weeks in a, way, a row. So we got a two-week streak where John Moxley has not bled in a match. So I'm starting a streak right now. We're at two. We're going to see how long this can go before Moxley has a match <laughs> that he's just uh, dripping blood. Right, um, right. Oh, man. It's, it's fun. Mox, Moxley's never going to hear the freaking... But yeah, it's the He is not... He is not uh, I, I believe it's since been the... Because um, he had a match last week with who? I, I think it was with... Uh, so it might be three weeks. We might be on three weeks now. Yeah, because he, he faced... Well, no. Well he, right. did, well, he faced Evil Uno, and he did bleed in that within less than two minutes. And then right. I think he faced... Uh, did he face John Silver? I want to say, guys, that's how irrelevant this shit is. Is that I don't even remember. I don't even that's, remember. But yeah, yeah, he, uh, he's, he's probably fought pretty, all of them. He's pretty I, much I, faced pretty much, if not all, but most of everybody in the Dark Order at this point of what's left yeah. of the Dark Order. Um, but <laughs> yeah, that's that is funny. You 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 do mention that. Yeah, the freaking the bleeding, and that's the thing with the bleeding too, guys. Like it, it's like I like the realism of bleeding. Like that's why we sure absolutely bleeding, not. In the span of less than one to two minutes, especially during matches when John Moxley is legit taking out a fucking blade and freaking pinching <laughs> right, himself see it. on camera, like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just it's just so weird. But uh, but yeah, we'll talk more, of course, about the BCC uh, later on in the night. Yeah, Ricky Starks challenges Juice Robinson um, to an open challenge on Rampage. 
great. Just exactly what we fucking need. Ricky Starks. Again, Starks. Starks had made his way up to one of the top people in the company just, just a month and a half, two months ago. He's messing with Juice Robinson, who we haven't even seen since he attacked him, like, what, two weeks ago? Like, what the fuck? And again, it's a bunch of bullshit, and I I, I don't even even want to waste my time with this. No, me neither. And then the next segment was QT, was a QT uh, TV segment uh, with QT Marshall and his uh, TV associates. Um, QT states that Will Hobbs has issued an open challenge for the TNT title on Rampage. And that's against Penta um, as they were kind of, uh, they were, you know, clowning Ray Phoenix as they, I guess he lost his open challenge uh, this past Rampage to Will Hobbs. And now Will Hobbs is making another um, open challenge. So two open challenges back to back because how many fucking times do we need to see an open challenge? Right. I mean, open challenge here, open challenge there. Shit, Brian, I might go onto AEW television and just and just announce an open challenge because <laughs> why not? Because everyone is just fucking doing it. I'll go onto Rampage and say, "Hey, anybody in the back want to have a match? I have an open challenge. Let's fucking do this." Right, uh, guys. Oh my! Fu- I, I mean, talk about redundancy. Holy you know how this? Shit. You know how it ends, right? He he'll do this for a few weeks, right? Uh, have this open challenge. You know, I, I give it mm, two, maybe three more weeks, right? He's going to be mm-hmm. out in the ring, open, you know, an open challenge. Guess whose music's going to hit? Fucking Wardlow. <laughs> like, it's, it's, I, I know it. I, I fucking know it. That's, uh, I don't even want to think. Yeah. About that's, that right now. Um, yep. like, and they're going to have a rematch at freaking what? Double or nothing. Double or nothing. Oh, man. So Wardlow is still stuck in this TNT freaking title <laughs> picture. And it's against Will Hobbs that he's faced about a gazillion fucking times. Yeah. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. Yeah. We, we can move on. Yeah. There's not much. Yeah, let me say this okay. too before, uh, but before I get to this, this next match here. Here's the thing with the QTV segment. I understand for the QTV segment. I actually don't mind this this segment because listen, it's it, it obviously rese- resemblance TMZ. I say this a lot of segments about WWE a lot. These sixty second segments, especially with Chelsea Green, right, and his interaction or her interaction, excuse me, with uh, with Adam Pierce, and like how it's just no harm, no foul because it's a it's sure. a sixty second segment on a two plus hour show, a three hour show. I honestly see the same thing with 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 this situation now. However, I, I need to start getting a reason to why QT Marshall and Will Hobbs are just jointed <laughs> at the hip in the first place. Right. But still, in regards to the QTV perspective, I think it's an entertaining type of segment. I mean, we all love TMZ; it has that same type of vibe. But yet, you know, fans want to shit. Here's the thing, Brian: fans want to shit on that the Q, like the perspective of QTV. But they are totally fine with a redundant bullshit type of six-man tag with Cassidy, Darby Allen, and Sting. They will have a fucking orgasm <laughs> over a six-man tag, but it's a but it's a 60-second QTV segment where they just lose their shit. Right. No, see, so, yeah. Fuck. If they yeah, a segment like that absolutely fucking works. From my standpoint, it's just okay, like make it why. Why did QT hit hit Warlow? Yeah, exactly. Why is he with Hobbs? You like you, you gotta yeah. you gotta establish that first, and then yeah, go into this you know thing, absolutely. and it could be fucking good. Yeah, Abs- absolutely. Of course, the re- you know explanation needs to be told. Of course, but in regards yeah. to the perspective of QTV guys, I think it's fine. 
Yeah. Again, I take that over a bullshit six-man tag that's irrelevant. You're putting in Darby Allen in a six-man tag when he's supposed to be involved in the world title. It has nothing to do with the world title, nor MJF. So what the fuck is the point? Yeah. Just, but, no, but people, I hear you, man. I feel you. People will throw freaking balloons and freaking confetti over that shit. It, God, it may, in the words <laughs> of Cody Rhodes, it makes me want to fucking vomit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Up next, we have Tony Storm versus Sky Blue. Match time was under the nine-minute mark. Ruby Soho and Soraya, the rest of the outcasts, um, are out there at ringside, as that is now the new official name for this trio, is the outcast. Who knows, Brian? They could be also going after trio's titles, too. You know? <laughs> why, why the fuck not, man? Because why the fuck not? We, I mean, we just we diminish all the rules in freaking professional wrestling anyway. Let's just have female competitors go after male competitors. Nothing makes sense in this company, so just yeah. why not? Let's just throw their in the, throw these women in a, in a trio's tag division, you know? Because we don't <laughs> give a shit about anything else in professional wrestling. Oh, fucking hey. But um Ruby Soho distracts the referee, kind of like an awkward botch cuz as it's really really weird setting. I don't know if you caught this Brian, but Ruby is distracting the ref and yet uh Sky Blue is like hitting the ropes. I don't know. It's just a really weird setup to me. I don't know if right. that. We're like I don't know if it's like she was also looking to grab onto sky blue as well it was just a really awkward uh segment i will say this about sky blue this was actually one of her better matches i've spoken about like how her her pace is off and she's just to me she's not ready especially on dynamite television it's no shade to her she seems like a very sweet sweet individual and she seems like she's got her head on her shoulders especially at a young age um i think she's only what two years younger than me i think she's 23 years old so so yeah, I mean, no, no shade to her, and, sure. and I will give her credit. She improved, and this is one of her better matches that I've seen her compete in. Um, but still, she has no business being on the show, and 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 this post match um, segment it just kind of proves my point. So, Tony Storm wins this match. She hits the hip attack or the ass attack. I I know you've said this before, Brian. The, the ass <laughs> attack um, uh, near the 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 turnbuckle hits a German suplex and hits the the storm zero finisher, which is pretty much, I guess a DDT pretty much um, for the W as Tony storm wins this match post-match Riho and Willow Nightingale run down the ring for the save and the outcasts retreat up the ramp. So the outcasts run away from little old Riho and <laughs> Willow Nightingale, no yeah. Britt Baker, no sign of your, of your AW world okay. champion uh, or women's champion. Uh, guys what the shit yeah I, seriously you, like uh, brian the only thing that's keeping me optimistic is a potential feud between one day Britt baker and jamie hater to whenever maybe that split or something along those lines happens because sure the fuck was this guys tony storm wins the match against sky blue okay great you have reho and Willow Nightingale that has nothing to do with because because I, I just, oh my god so so I guess what so Ruby Soho made a statement right about pe the women in the locker room being I I forget what she calls them uh um because yeah, of course remember. you know re referencing the outcast she called Willow Nightingale and Riho a certain name 
of, of women in the back. Is is that why they're involved in this situation, guys? I, I just, but yet the feud isn't the feud supposed to be between Britt and, and Jamie. I, 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 guys, what are we doing? <laughs> it's everything is all over the place. You have Rio and Willa Nightingale. Then what? What's going to happen? Britt and Jamie Hayter are going to do the same exact thing. It, it's just like, what is the deal here? I, I mean, holy. Holy shit. I mean, I, I put this up on the Facebook group as well. Like I, I think the outcasts can be can be fun. Um, I acknowledge that it could be, but holy shit, as their booking have been absolute trash. I, I mean, it's nothing is I mean, Ruby Soho, I mean, she cut that really good promo of her explanation, and you would think mm-hmm. that they would build up that, right? It's like, okay, we got we got the explanation, we got some yeah. of that. Now let's make it even better. Nope, it's legit going in the opposite direction where it's just nonsensical and it's redundant. Freaking baby faces run towards the ring and the heels just retreat to the freaking back, even though they have the numbers game. Nope, they just retreat to the back anyway because, you know, that's AEW television, folks. Yeah. Find your thoughts on this match. Yeah, I mean, yeah, with the the outsiders or outsiders, the outcasts, um, as they call them. Uh, yeah, that could be that could be really good. Outcast, um, outsiders, outcasts, pretty much the same. <laughs> right. Pretty much, yeah. So yeah, that that could be good there. Um, I don't know why it seems they focused their attacks here on the past few weeks on Sky Blue. Uh, it seems like this is like the second or third week they've they've targeted her like I, yeah I, I don't understand that and then yeah at the end when you have willow and riho running out there like okay so now you got riho sky blue and willow out there but is that really the 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 three women you want going up against you know soraya ruby and and tony storm yeah it just doesn't it falls really really flat to me um so yeah, I don't know the direction they're growing. Um, because obviously the the fight or the feud here is still involving uh Britt Baker and and Jamie Hayter. Um yeah, so why why you have Sky Blue, Willow Nightingale, and Riho now kind of like involved in it too? Eh, I don't know. So I, yeah. So so freaking odd. Um yeah, I I mean just and again, I, I don't know where Again, we we're, we're in the same position that we were in during the AEW Revolution pay per view, where every, mm-hmm. all these women were in the same ring, pretty much, or in the same segment, and here they are in the same ring in the same segment, and it's <laughs> it's not getting any better. Yeah, it, it's getting fucking worse, and nobody's giving a shit. But I guess that's the definition of this women's division in a nutshell. Um, but yeah, just just a really just just really a shame. And with all that being said, guys, it's time to get into the main event, the dream match, right? <laughs> the the dream match for fuck's sake. That 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 name, the dream match, is so overused. Oh my god, fucking yeah, fuck. guys, a, this a dream match, guys. Like, who are we fucking fooling again? In the words of Jade Cargill, cut the shit, people. Right, right. A dream match, my fucking ass. <laughs> my god. But anyway, let's get into this dream match, Brian. Shall we? Sure. Kenny Omega versus El Hijo del Vikingo. Um, yes, again, I hope I'm not botching his name. I do apologize if I am. Uh, apparently, this dude, uh, Brian, he's 25 years old, 
and he's been he is the double a mega champion and i believe in some other promotion in mexico i want to say oh yeah yeah some some type and he's been champion for 473 days okay very impressive um to me guys um i mean this match was what it was going to be i mean i knew that i i, I as soon as i saw van king this van kingo guy whatever the, whatever you want to call him um i i knew exactly what this dude was going to be just another acrobatic gymnast because uh-huh. in a nutshell that what that's what he is was the match decent yeah Yep. Was it awesome that, you know, the same type of chant that these fucking schmucks, these marks chanted in the first two minutes? Hell freaking no. I mean, what other, I mean, here's, let me ask you this question, Brian. Everything that, at, that Vinkingo did in this match, what is different that we would see from Ricochet over at WWE? Nothing. What's different? Yeah. Nothing. I think somebody acknowledge me. Like or top flight or AR Fox. What is different? Or, what yeah. makes Big Kingo that special? Now listen, I give him credit. Trust me, these moves that he that he does alongside people like Ricochet. Oh, they're fucking difficult and absolutely athletic impressive. as shit. Yeah, yeah. I acknowledge that heavily, guys. But what is the point when you just throw him out there in a main event match that's nothing? There's no well, I mean, I, I should I, I shouldn't say this because I, I, we always mention this, Brian, about wrestlers doing all these slips and dives because there's no story involved. So what's the point? However, the one positive I do have about this is that there at least is a there is a story involved, but and involves Kenny Omega, and mm-hmm. you're putting him into a match against Vankingo, who is not a part of AEW television, and you're showcasing him in an in AEW television. So at least in that aspect. I don't mind it because it, honestly, Brian, and I understand like, oh, well, you can use that time to put other AEW talent on TV. And I hear those people. But here's the thing. Oh, they're going to they're going to compete in this match. They're going to lose. And then what? What's the direction? For, you know what I'm saying? There's going to be no yeah. direction because the story because of this main event is with Omega, Page, the Bucks, and of course, the Blackpool Combat Club. So what would be the point? So if you want to bring in this dude outside of WW or outside of AEW television to take a loss and I guess for, for marks to get their rocks off in a match, then you know what? I, I, I'm fine with it because you know, at the, I'd rather them do that than have somebody on your active roster, take a loss. So that's the one positive light that I do have on this situation. Is it a dream match? Did, hell to the no. fucking no. Was this a decent match? Maybe. Yeah. Was this a good match? No. I'm sorry, it was not good. I've seen so many good matches, Brian. This is nowhere freaking near it. Was it impressive? Was was it ooh and ah like a fireworks show? I always like to call it. Yeah, but it was that was it was nothing more than that. Yeah, sure. Um, mm-hmm. But again, just just I know that that's like my little two minute rant there. But <laughs> anyway, match time, guys, was 17 minutes. Now that's my other negative thing about this. Why is this dude going 17 plus minutes? with Kenny Omega. I understand guys, this dude is but he's supposed to be a champion and he's held it for 473 days. But like uh, but why 17 minutes? Like can you just cut that in like in less than 7 minutes, like maybe just a tad bit over 10 minutes maybe? I mean, it's your main event, so I don't mind you going maybe over a 10 minute mark, but over 15 to 17 minutes against Kenny Omega? 
like uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but a- anyway, um, so yeah, so Vinkingo starts off. He he does a suicide dive through the ring ropes before the bell even rings. Again, the the fans are chanting, "This is awesome!" Within two minutes. So again, fans are having a fucking orgasm after two minutes of this match, already chanting, "This is awesome!" Guys, we're gonna come are. up with new chants. It's like, "This is awesome!" This is awesome. Fight forever. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like chill out, people. Yeah. Oh God. It's it's just it's just insane. Um so yeah, Vikingo, he does a again, guys, he's just another one of those aerobic gymnasts. It's it's everything I needed to see after the first two to three minutes of this match. Uh, but again, very impressive. And listen, more props to him. He's he's got He's 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 on AEW television. He's getting a little bit of shine for casual fans to see him. So listen, no, you know, no, no shade there. More more props to him. Um, again, he's pretty much hitting all of the spots, guys, that you can imagine. Because he's probably like, damn, I got like 15 minutes to impress. Let me hit all of these freaking spots all at once. But you know, and that's it's funny I mentioned that because again, that's pretty much every AEW match in a nutshell, where everybody just has to hit every single spot in a short amount of time. And that's what Van Kingo did in this match. Um, again, you know, did a freaking uh reverse hurricanas, a 360 over the top rope onto Omega, also through a table, by the way, onto the outside. Um, later on in this match, Omega counters another 360 splash. He hits a running knee and puts and hits uh Vinkingo into the one winged angel uh for the W. Uh post match. The Blackpool Combat Combat Club, I can speak, uh, comes out and attacks a Kenny Omega from behind. So a three-on-one assault is happening. And Hangman Page returns back to the arena. He returns into an ambulance. Like he st- he steals an ambulance truck. <laughs> right. He's on the Titan Tron and he's returning into an ambulance and he rushes to the ring for the save. Um, the Blackpool Combat Combat Club. Good God, I can't talk today. Uh, retreats to the back and uh, Paige has like a two by four in his hand with like some nails in it. Don Callis <laughs> is like trying, I guess, to calm him down in this situation. He's like holding on to Paige. He's like, well, I think he was about to deck Callis and he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's just me. It's just me. And like, I guess he thought it was like, you know, somebody else or some, maybe another member of uh combat club or something. I, I don't know. He probably thought it was somebody else and he was about to deck him and he hesitates. And then he grabbed Don Callis grabs onto um hangman's arm i guess trying to play off of like trying to calm him down because you know page he's fired up he's riled up trying to make the save um and he kind of uh i guess you could say this brian he kind of he throws himself to the mat like you can (laughs) see like he oversells it i thought it was like it took me a second i'm like wait was that bodge i'm like oh wait no no he's he's he it's part of the the gist here yeah he's he's faking the the impact of the fall and he's he lays hard onto the mat Meanwhile, Kenny Omega is still struggling to get up because he was just attacked by three other motherfuckers um, in, in this uh, in that beatdown. So all of a so he gets up and he sees Don Callis on the ground or or like he's he's shaking his head. He's and he points over to Paige. He's like, "Oh, he hit me! He hit me! He hit me with the and of course he's got the two by four in his hand." So Omega he didn't know what happened um, and he goes up to to uh, to Paige and now they're they're at each other's throats and they're talking at each other. Um, and Omega just he ends up storming off um, mm-hmm. to end the uh, to end the show as Paige is left in the ring um, by himself as Don Callis and Omega walk off, and that is your show. So 
Uh, Brian, I'll have you start this off. Your thoughts with this dream match um, and this post-match segment. But the biggest question of all, though, Brian, is did this make uh, Daddy Magic's nipples hard? <laughs> this had to have made his nipples hard. Had to have. Had to have. Uh, yeah, the match itself. I mean, yeah, lots of shiny objects. You know, lots of lots of oohs and ahs. Um, you know, so it, it was what it was. I, I'm not going to harp too much about the match. Yeah, I mean, the dream match. And look, this is again. I don't have time in my life to watch every wrestling promotion that's out there. So. Yeah, yeah I, I guess this guy is is a maybe an up and coming star in his own right, or the champion in his in his promotion, and and kudos to him, absolutely. I, I just don't know anything about him. Um, so yeah, uh, lots of oohs and ahs. Match was okay. Um, it's definitely all about the post match here. Um, and here's where I'll kind of tie it tie it all into the the whole segment in which I said like. Again, there there's something here, but there's so many moving parts that uh, man, I just don't hope. Uh, I hope they don't just just shit the bed on it, man. Because so the show starts off right with with Hangman getting in the ambulance with with the Young Bucks, um, obviously. And if you saw the end of last week's show, where so again Hangman's out there. Black, uh, I'm just calling going to call him the BCC, the BCC comes out there, you know, is beaten down, um, dark order hangman comes out. This is last week. And then, so all of a sudden it's the BCC and hangman there and the elite come back in where it's Omega and the young bucks. And it kind of goes off the air that way, which we didn't do a show last week, but again, as far as the storytelling, I thought that was a great way to end the show last week with just kind of the cliffhanger, the storytelling, right? So we get into this week, and obviously we assume the BCC is the one that took out the Bucks, but you don't really know that until the end. Um, so again, just with the moving parts, like like Moxley is still involved with the feud with the Dark Order. Hangman Page is still kind of involved with the Dark Order. You have now the elite showing back up and it's kind of showing where, where I think this is going to go is where, you know, obviously Callus is trying to get Omega to be a single star. So Hangman's going to slide back in there to the elite and kind of, you know, it'll be the Hangman in the Bucks, I guess. But again, there's just so many moving parts and so many, again, you, you need to end like the BCC doesn't need to be involved with Dark Order. And if you're going the route with Hangman Page and the Elite, he doesn't need to be Dark involved. Order stuff is done. I, I think. I, I hope so because yeah, that needs I think to. It's, I think it's strictly between now with the BCC and the Elite. And, the elite. I think the, and that's I think the way the dark, it should be. I think the right, Dark right. Order is just kind of like a stepping stone at this point, really. Because I mean, again, guys, there's no shade to the Dark Order, but they're yeah. nothing but a bunch of freaking nothing but a, just a bunch of henchmen. That's all they are with no freaking leader. So yeah. Yeah, if you're gonna have the feud, this is the feud, the the elite and the BCC. Like, yeah, you, you gotta go with that. And then the story between Hangman and that and Omega that's gonna develop here again. It, it, they're making an attempt, so I gotta give them their props. You know, I, I like the, the way the show started, I like the way it ended. Um just <laughs> fucking continue it, Tony. <laughs> continue it. Uh, that's yeah. That's just my hope for it. Uh, but there's there's a lot of good stuff here that could could possibly come to fruition if again if it's booked right and if they do it 
consistently. Because, like, look, I, I almost, to be honest, you know, the shit with Hangman Page and the Elite, like, that shit's been almost a year and a half, two years ago. Like, I, I'm almost at the point where, like, they're going to have to work to get me reinvested in Hangman joining the Elite again, right? Because mm-hmm. it's just been so long and they haven't done anything with it. The story is fucking dead. And now you have to cultivate it, you know, from nothing again. So there's potential there. Um, again, I like the route of the BCC and the elite, you know, feuding with each other. So some, you know, again, we mentioned at the beginning of the show, it's a, it's a, it's a tick up. So, you know, I'll, I'll give them that. Yeah. No, again, I mean, like I said, guys, it's something. Yeah. So, hey, like I say, Tony Gunn, yeah. There's right? something you, you, you're, 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 you're starting to get it. My guy, you're, you're, you're starting to get it. You still have a bunch of shit that you need to improve, but you're starting to freaking get it. Baby steps, baby steps. Baby, I guess baby steps. It's right. It's like, it's like trying to teach a toddler how to walk. That's pretty much where right. we're at with Tony Khan. But um, yeah, so I'll, I'll end it with this. So um, because here's the thing too, Brian, is that, we talked about as well, John Moxley and hangman Adam page, like mm-hmm. how for some odd reason, this feud or whatever this situation is between the two just will not end. <laughs> right. I, I mean, I mean, you're pretty much getting the same thing between them, but now you're just adding the elite. Uh, right. See pretty much. Yeah. Cause like bro, guys, like they went, they, they, bro, they, they faced in a Texas death. How, like, where's the bar over Texas death? Cause I, I don't see it. Um, but, but look, but if you're going to, but if you are going to tell a story that takes, I guess the situation away from Moxley, cause that, you know, and it's more towards the elite and rejoining the elite, mm-hmm. then I-, I can see where people are coming from with it. And again, so far it's actually been doing, it's been doing well. It hasn't been great. Can they do better? Sure, yeah, sure, they, could, right. they could absolutely do better, but you know what it, uh, we talked about the different roads or different ways that you can go about this. Um, so, you know, and I always, well, I was also thinking this too, Brian, um, you know, you have right now, so it's hangman Omega and the bucks, right? That's four, right? Technically there's only three people in the BCC. So I'm thinking you could have Brian Danielson come back and there's a show called come. blood and guts. Just putting that out there. And maybe that's where this this ends, or maybe do you push this to to double or nothing? I don't know. Um, but again, it's just it's just a possibility because again, you know, Brian sure. Danielson was written off television. Uh, maybe he comes back and he he you know he stands side by side with his uh, with his members of of the BCC again, and they go after the elite, and we have this big blood and guts match or something like that. At least where I think that that's possibly where it could go. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but here's the thing though, too, guys, even though I acknowledge that we're getting some semblance of storytelling into the show for like finally, but, and, and, and that deserves to be, to be praised about. But this thing is though, is that we're, it's, it's John Moxley and hangman in the same segment, the same match yet again. It's just like, you know, we, we See, I we think before to- that happens, maybe, cause I, I think they're going to maybe, or hopefully tell the story I guess it'll be simultaneously, kinda, but I think the story hopefully will shift more to Hangman and Omega. You know, where you know Hangman's going to be out of his way, or, or 
or, or leaving the elite to go singles and then hangman kind of rejoins the elite at least that's what i hope for yeah and, and, uh, and it'll be that story that's told before because yeah the hangman moxley story shit it's been told four times over you know? <laughs> yeah no exactly and that yeah. and that's why i honestly don't mind it because i don't think it's 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 not really much more about moxley and page it's more about page the elite and now don don callis and callis yeah. separate the elite from omega because he wants omega to be a single star again and have that limelight again so from yeah. that aspect the way that the, the 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 focus has been shifted, I I don't I don't mind it um, because again that's that's not really what the story is about. It's just that the fact that they are still in the same ring together. It's just seems yeah like, yeah for sure. But yeah, I mean, look, Tony Khan, um, it's something. It's 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 something you know. Freaking, it's it's about time that you finally got something semblance of a storyline going and who knows maybe if you start getting the AEW world title picture back into the fray maybe also the show maybe also gets slightly better but i mean but outside of that though brian there is still a lot of issues oh, yeah. with this company i mean a lot of like issues. they they just went from like an f to like maybe a they d went plus. from an f to maybe <laughs> like a d to a d minus pretty much that's <laughs> yeah, pretty much that's... the semblance it's like yeah. Again, it's like I mentioned before. It's like it's like it's like your toddler. He's like he's he's trying to walk and he keeps stumbling over. And now finally, he's starting to slowly walk step by yeah. step. That's where we're at with Tony Khan. It, again, it's teaching a toddler how to freaking walk. But yeah. Uh, so I mean, look. I guess beggars can't be can't be choosers in regards to the situation. You know. Finally, we're getting some stimulants of a story. Again, I can speak. And you know what? I mean, it's again, it's something. And hopefully this momentum just continues because, you know, Brian, you know, as well as I do, I, I don't trust this company as, as, as much yep, as I me neither. So where it goes from here remains to be seen. And that is going to do it for today's episode, everybody. Thank you guys once again for tuning in. Make sure you guys stay tuned for Saturday's review. when We talk some Friday night SmackDown as our shift has now Move back over to WWE and WrestleMania as we are now pretty much a week away uh, from WrestleMania. It's crazy that we're about a week away. I know, right? It's yeah. insane um, as we're now inching closer and closer to the grandest stage of them all. Um, so SmackDown review will be uh, this Saturday. Brian will unfortunately be unable to attend, but I will not be coming alone because we will be having a very special guest. I was going to announce the special guest for that show, but you know what? I'm going to save it and leave people, uh, at least the listeners and the uh, followers in suspense of who that person is going, uh, going to be. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that review on who that person is. And of course, following into next week, we'll be in another normal schedule talking Monday night, raw on Tuesday back here, uh, talking AEW dynamite for next Thursday. And uh, there will be no SmackDown review as those our next two shows will be covering uh, WrestleMania, both night one and night two. So that is our upcoming um, schedule for the uh, for our for our podcast for this platform. And yeah, that is going to do it for today's episode, everybody. Thank you guys for tuning in. My name is James Porcelli, and I'm Brian Thomas. And we are signing off, saying salute, peace out, and take care, everybody. <laughs>